0: We are geek-centric, and you can be too.
1: Love ya. Hey, hey, hey. Get home safe, guys.
0: Excelsior, geeks, and welcome to the Geek Centric Podcast. My name is Nate, and in today's episode, we get super talking about all the team ups and the dream ups as we discuss the latest batch of Star Wars news, more info on that HBO Batman series, and lastly, we get a little mutant chocolate into our MCU peanut butter. But first, if you're joining us for the first time, this is a weekly show covering the world of film, television, gaming, toys, and collectibles and all things geek-centric. Joining me on the show, we have the J. Jonah juggernaut himself, Justin. And to his right, or left, or I don't know, it doesn't even matter anymore, Kang, the continuity error himself, Kevin Kevlasis Hudson.
2: Continuity error? Only my mom can call me that.
0: (laughs) (laughs) How have you boisterously beloved boys been? Good, doing well. Yeah, man. Yeah, Yeah.
2: (laughs) Yeah. Been, Very it's cool. Been, it's, it's been a minute, so yeah, uh, been up, been watching lots of stuff, and uh, just hanging in there. Still in quarantine, so I get out to golf a lot, which is nice.
0: That's cool. They've opened up the the golf yeah, arenas.
2: Yeah, I mean it's <laughs> golf arenas. Uh, yeah, the courses are open. I mean it's like pretty much the easiest place in the world to socially distance, right? Yeah. And you know, I go with uh, my brothers or my roommate, so we're all in our little bubble of people. So. You nice. know, you get out there, get some fresh air. I've taken like fifteen strokes off my game this year. It's been great.
0: No, not bad. I'm driving around in like a golf cart and stuff.
2: Absolutely, yeah. It's the only yeah. time I can drive, so I uh, I hog the cart <laughs> when
0: I'm going. That's for sure. Nice, very cool. Justin, how's your week been? Good man. Just been working. That's about yeah, it. Really, a lot of working. Oh yeah, a lot yeah. of working. Well, it's good that we're still working. I'm working as well, and it's it's not. Uh, yeah, it's not the preferred way to do this stuff i'm sure but uh you know at least we we got jobs so it's it's all good mm-hmm. but listen enough about all this stuff let's jump into whatcha let's start with uh justin what you been up to buddy oh, uh well i finished lost
1: finally uh nice finally nice, yeah uh <laughs> after like uh, that was like right after i think our last recording i finished it Um, yeah, I'm not crazy about the ending. I understand though that it is like a sideways world, but it is purgatory and it's, it's just, it's, I don't know. It was the only way I guess they could have sent off those characters. So I get it, but, um, I still was very interested in the island and, and what it, what it meant and, uh, yep. its purpose and, and bigger thing, but I don't know. Uh, it was, it was what it was. I, I was, it was lackluster, right? Like the lead up to it was so much more enjoyable. And then knowing that I was getting to the end, you know, uh, in the, in the final season though, I liked the, uh, episode with Desmond and how he starts yeah. tuning in to like how he's like living in both places simultaneously. Um, so yeah. that was pretty cool. Uh, I knocked off a few movies from my uh, uh, movies that I was embarrassed to admit I haven't seen. So I watched oh, nice. uh, Rear Window, okay. uh, Alfred Hitchcock's movie from 1964, I believe. How um, long until you fell asleep? Oh no, it was great. It was actually it was yeah. actually quite entertaining. It felt like a almost like a dark comedy, if you will. Really? Um, yeah, and like you know, we we I referenced the last time like the Simpsons parody um it definitely doesn't end up being that he was crazy and that it wasn't true um it it was true the the the, suspicion of the neighbor then what what they were doing it was very much true oh Um, really and the acting was really good and and like they played with this idea of like you know is it in his mind or you know and he's got Mm -hmm. all these people helping him out to figure out if it's true or not i swear
2: (laughs) it was him he killed her (laughs) 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 <laughs> Kevin, yeah. did you
1: do some of the VO for that? No, <laughs> you know it. Yeah, he was uh his acting was 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 outstanding. What's his name again? I forgot. Um uh
2: it's it's not, it wasn't Jimmy Stewart, was it?
1: I think it was. But yeah, like his acting was was outstanding. <laughs> I also watched all of the Godfathers, all 3 of them. Uh 1, 2, and 3. And Okay. Um got to say I wasn't I wasn't horribly unimpressed with 1. I was actually very intrigued. Uh 2 Jeez. was Okay, but for people to say that it's, like, revered as the best sequel to a movie, Mm -hmm. I I don't understand it. Um, I don't. And then, like, Godfather 3 was just kind of, like, you know, wrapping up the story. So
0: Did you feel like they did Godfather 3... like, do you, did you feel like after watching all three, it felt like a cohesive trilogy? Like that was the plan from the start, or did three feel tacked on? Because I've heard that before. No, about three.
1: no, it, it felt like it was necessary to close out his story, right? Like it is, yeah. it is a story of one person, if you will, through throughout their life, uh, through different mm-hmm. points of their life. Um, well, focused and the, all the obviously, you know, the siblings, the father, whatever, right? Everyone around it, but uh, um, yeah, it was. Uh, it, it, I can see why. People appreciate it in terms of like its its storytelling and and you know the acting and and whatnot. Um, but yeah, I, I think it was a little lackluster for me. I don't know why that that whole series is super super revered as being like the ultimate movie.
2: <laughs> I, just, I I really just did not enjoy the first one to the point where I have no desire to ever watch number two. Or I didn't three. mind number one, and I, I just think- wonder if it's aged if if it's just aged a bit like it's it's it hasn't aged so sure. well, maybe i don't I, know. I think i had
1: the same sort of uh opinion of goodfellas after i watched it um you know and i think it can kind of came back to what you were saying kevin it just didn't age well uh more or less um another one that was on my list but it was actually on like my honorable mentions was the usual suspects um i saw netflix threw that up so i i definitely watched that uh great cast uh cool little story um I saw that ending coming a mile away. Yeah. I, I You know
2: I it, it's and it's one of those movies where they don't believe you, right? Like if somebody's like, "Oh, I knew he was dead in The Sixth Sense." And you're yeah, like, "No, yeah, you yeah. didn't," right? And that no, one no, no, I knew yeah. I know who I knew who Kaiser Soze so was, was, was from yeah, the yeah, very yeah. All, the, yeah, all the way knew through.
1: It. And that's why he is who he is. So, um, but yeah, it was it was okay. It was that one was okay too. Again, another movie that like is revered is like, you know, you got to see this movie and like I watch it and I'm like Eh. Like, again, if I watched it in 1995, like, would I have had the same opinion? I don't know. Mm. I don't know. The, don't be, know
2: the best thought. scene in that movie is when they're doing the lineup. Oh, and yeah. And they're all and just right breaking, front, laughing right? and everything. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. And apparently weird. the reason is because Benicio kept ripping farts, and so they couldn't keep a straight <laughs> face. And oh, so it wasn't cool. intended to be like a a laughing scene, but they yeah. just sort of incorporated that into it. So,
1: Yep. Um, I also <laughs> watched Snowpiercer. Cross that off the list. Start and finish. Done. What, Trash. the whole
2: season. Yeah,
1: garbage. We can Trash talk about is... Oh.
2: That is such a uh, an oh. over exaggeration.
1: Trash is what that was. <laughs> oh, <wow. laughs> I Stand by that. I don't know. It like it started out really good and then it just got made for TV very quickly and I actually think started... it
0: started poorly and got better.
1: Really? Wow. Well, I don't yeah. I don't know. Yeah, Justin, I think I think through.
0: that's a really I think that's a really cold-hearted <laughs> approach you've got there. Yeah. Well, I'm, uh, and can already.
2: you and and is and is made for tv really a critique of a tv show <laughs> no but i mean
1: like it's it felt like you know, i mean like the idea of like taking snowpiercer right and adapting it it was like it was made for tv it and i, I get that it's you know um that's what its intent was but yeah we, we won't need to get into that but uh In- inception i watched because it was a 10 year anniversary just watched that as oh, well yeah. i also just finished x-men the entire trilogy It's freaking great reliving that it was the oh, 20 wait. year yeah you're talking yeah you're talking Freaking about the original great. <laughs> yeah.
0: Yeah. so you you mean the first one is right not the other two
1: what are you talking about x-men 1 and x-men 2 oh sorry best. x-men 2
0: is good yeah. yeah x-men 3 though
2: x-men 3 is is awful and <laughs> so and the first x-men is not very good either
1: i don't mind the first x-men i think i actually think it holds up and yeah i think it i think it it speaks volumes of of what they did for the superhero movie genre in general um yeah i agree with that yeah, nice. I've been, uh, amongst work, that's what I've been doing. Not, like, just kind of taking in content, um... When you can. Various, whenever I can, yeah, exactly. Because yeah. I, I, you know, just in terms of work, it's just nice to, like, not have to, like, to shut my brain off or do something, you know what I mean? So, mm-hmm. but yeah, that's about
0: it for cool. me. Kevin, what's your, bud?
2: Uh, well, I, too, finished, uh, the first season of Snowpiercer, um... Mm-hmm. You know, uh, I don't think the show had a chance to live up to, um, you know, the the quality and, and expectations of the movie. Uh, it's certainly become a cult classic um, and, and uh, you know, kind of put, you know, Boonjong on the map. And, and you know, uh, and I think my biggest question going into it was how are they going to adapt it for television? Um, I mean, I think it's a solid seven. There's so much good TV on right now that we're kind of spoiled. And so, if it isn't the best new thing going, then it kind of gets a bad rep. and I think you know if this if if this show were around fifteen years ago, it would have been the craziest, most experimental out there kind of thing now, you know, but now it's just it's hard for something like that to sure. to yeah. stand out, I think um you know, I think the main actor m- could have been better. Really? Um, but I mean, I don't ever think I've liked Jennifer Connelly as much. I think she's been terrific in it, and I'm yeah. intrigued enough that you know I will watch season two. So if there's a season two, there'll be a season two. They yeah, think they've, they've been confirmed signed. for it. Oh, yeah, they have confirmed it. Yeah, they, I think they basically did sign for two years or two seasons right away. So
0: because yeah, I was cause gonna say, like, it's 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 not only tough to live up to the movie, like you said, Kevin, but to Justin's point too with the whole made for TV thing. HBO never has never felt like made for TV right so when you're up against you know HBO and we're getting these series like this series I think was supposed to originally be on like TMT or something like that TNT TNT. TNT, right so it's like I think it's it's still, you know
1: I think it I think it's actually syndicated to both it is okay I think it is because I think TNT is kind of like a Netflix in the sense that it's a subscribed channel I'm not sure. Okay. I, I think it. I think that's why. Because usually when they do these weekly episodes sort of things, it is because it is also on right. TV. So I, I don't know. We can we can do some further digging into that. Um, but um, yeah, I think I think to Nate's point, it's you know like it's not necessarily like HBO will put a lot more into like making it f- feel very you know movie esque, if you will, right? Where I think like this kind of at times did have that movie-esque quality but then it just kind of very much veered into like the 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 tv show the typical tv show Mm
2: -hmm. i mean i I just i just don't understand the argument it's the tv show was a tv show and not a movie it is a tv show but i I know what you're trying to say but i don't know i thought it was i thought it was okay and i thought the production quality in terms of the sets and stuff were cool like i was intrigued about the different areas of the train and how they utilize those and you know so, I don't know. I think it was what it was. Again, it's it's not nearly, you know, the top of the heap when it comes to the amazing television we've been getting for the last 10, 15 years. Yeah. But for a, a quick 42-minute just sort of shut your brain off and watch something, you could do a lot worse, in my opinion. Um, so, yeah. Uh, another show, uh, Sarah and I, one Sunday afternoon, I got home nice and early from golf, and we were having a lazy Sunday, so uh, we binged all of Fleabag. Oh um, yeah, yeah. What, so that it, was, oh,
0: it doesn't sound good.
2: <laughs> no, I uh, I didn't really know what to expect. uh okay. I thought it was quite good. Uh, you know, I thought uh, uh, her character was was engaging, and and I liked you know her imperfections sort of defined who she was, and she was quite quirky. And did you uh, did
0: you find her hard to like? Original, like because I tried watching the first episode of it, and I couldn't. I didn't like her. Oh
2: no, I love her. I love people like that, man. I hate you <laughs> prissy, perfect people. She's she has no problem ripping a toot or you know cursing yeah. at ya or you know she's she's the imperfect sort of just everybody, and I liked that. And right. then uh, I also really, really like um, uh, Andrew Scott who plays the uh, the oh, priest. He's fantastic. Yeah. yeah, he's so good. I've liked him ever since uh, Sherlock. So anytime oh. I see him, and he's he's really fun and quirky himself. Uh, nice. You know, all I can say is the fox, the fox. If you've seen it, you know <laughs> what I mean. Um, but uh, so yeah, we, we enjoyed that one. I also like Brett Gelman. He's such a skis bag in everything he does. So yeah. Um, yeah, so I thought the cast was interesting. And I mean, there's not a whole lot going on, but sometimes simple and, and just very everyday life kind of works. And especially because it was so quick. I mean, again, we watched it in about eight hours, I think. Yeah. You know, all the whole show. So, uh, yeah. and, and many, you know.
0: Is it only the one season?
2: I think it's two seasons of, like, six episodes each. And they're, like, 25 minutes long. So, Right, yeah. Again, it was probably huh. six. It was actually closer to, like, six hours, you know. So, yeah. an easy little show to binge through on a, on a lazy afternoon and. And just sort of get your fix that way. Um, nice. Then Sarah and I also started Ozark, so we are almost done season two of that. Uh, so that's our new show. Oh, I dude. think I I think the one thing I'm struggling with in terms of Ozark is I'm watching it way too closely to Breaking Bad. Um, in mm, that yeah. there are a lot of similarities yep. between the shows. I mean, tonally, I think they're quite different. Like mm-hmm. Ozark is just like Breaking Bad, but ten times darker. Um, you know, um, but I I love Jason Bateman for him to be playing his like typical straight man, but instead of in a comedy, now he's doing it in this like dark, horrific, violent world. It, it, it's such a cool twist on his usual character. Um, and I think think he does a great job of directing as well. Go ahead.
0: No, sir. I was just gonna say, I find the family in Ozark so much more likable, than in Breaking Bad. Like, I, yes, at the end, yes. by the end of Breaking Bad, I was like, I was like, okay, I, am I gonna care about them? And I really didn't care about any of yeah. them. But, yeah. but with this, like, yeah, 100%.
2: Yeah. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Laura Linney's wonderful. And, and, you know, I think she like her and and Skylar kind of are on the same trajectory in that they've they like get forced into this world and then have to accept it and become it. And Laura Linney is just so much more believable at it. And you're you're rooting for her a lot more than Mm -hmm. I ever did for Skylar. And then the kids, they both are, you know, kind of jerks and have their own problems, but you never want them to just shut up and get off the screen like you did with Walter White's kids uh and then even the bad guys i find like i'm i'm in this in season two again i don't want to give too much away but the bad guys um can't think of their names right now but like the hillbilly opium growers i find them so much more menacing than i ever did gus you know so i think this is like breaking bad but better in my opinion and i can understand Mm -hmm. i would get a lot of flack for it right Um, into the show
0: if you want to but uh,
2: yeah, that's just my <laughs> opinion on that one. So I'm glad we finally took the hundred recommendations from people that we got to watch it. I don't think Sarah's liking it as much as me, but that's fine. Um, we watched a couple documentaries on HBO. One was called Showbiz Kids, mm-hmm. uh, and so it's kind of looking at child actors and the effects of getting into the industry at such a young age, and and then now you look at like how Me Too is is changing the way people are treated, but these kids didn't have that luxury. It's in like, you know, the men and the women as young children mm. either saw it or experienced that kind of um abuse firsthand. And, you know, and then you get the showbiz parents who are forcing their kids and, yeah. you know, and, and the, watching other friends who were young kids die from drug overdoses and stuff. Mm-hmm. So it really is a horrific world when you think about – uh what these kids sort of go through and it's, you know, that's the price of fame. Is it really worth it? Right. So, right.
0: And it, this is on HBO.
2: Yeah, it was an HBO. Uh, it's an, It was an HBO doc. They actually played them back to back. So we recorded it and then just watched them. Uh, the other oh. one was called uh, After Truth. Um, and it was basically looking at fake news and, and, you know, how that's, basically overrun the media cycle these days and and uh i mean i'm sure uh, a right-wing viewer of that show would have found it incredibly one-sided and biased mm-hmm. but i mean i think its point was to expose the one-sided bias of fake news that comes out from the right side mm. um and i mean i'm a lefty so it was probably catered right to me and, yeah. you know, on these issues, you're never going to change somebody's mind. If you lean left, you're always going to lean left. If you lean right, you know what I mean? But sure. just just crazy to think that it all basically started with this little pizza joint in Washington getting tied to Hillary Clinton and uh, sex trafficking. And, <laughs> you know, and because, yeah. because Reddit forums and 4chan started saying these things enough, people believed that this perfectly innocent little pizza joint was actually running a sex trafficking ring from the basement and hillary clinton was the the head honcho it's just nuts yeah uh so that it was a frustrating watch that one uh just to see you know and how they're manipulating the the social media world to persuade people to vote and everything like that so it's it's pretty crazy what's out there right now do your research don't believe what you read on facebook there are sources that can help you learn the truth, folks. So go out and find them. Don't just believe believe everything you see and read because the lies are rampant.
0: Well, and I think that's that's kind of such an important message, right? Is the idea of saying like don't don't read one story and that's it. You know, read a bunch of stories, and you know, even even for and this is so much. Uh, less of, of a situation I mean you were talking about Hollywood you know I'm I'm reading stuff on variety I'm reading stuff on the Hollywood reporter I'm reading stuff on IGN and I'm I, I try to find usually when they quote a source I try to find like that original source um there's a story in the news that we have today that the original source is it's just like it was heard from that person so it's like it's tough right when you when you when it's when you can't find it but uh but yeah definitely read more than one thing don't just take things for granted that way
2: yeah yeah so um and then uh the last thing i've been doing i haven't played as much this week as last but uh i'm about halfway through the last of us
0: (gasps) yes oh that makes me so happy kevin Uh, oh and i'm in i'm in yes good okay that's so cool um and have you have you you've obviously been playing with the lights on uh,
2: yeah, I mean, I don't really have time at night just because that's when Sarah's done work and we do our, you know, we eat dinner and watch TV, you know, that or yeah. play a board game, right? So, mm-hmm. uh you know, I, I'll usually find time on like a Saturday afternoon or, you know, five o'clock when I'm done work, I'll slap it on for an hour or so and play. I gotta say, again, I don't game a lot, so I'm sure that this isn't um a revolutionary system or something that uh, isn't common in other games of its type, but the upgrade system... And just the whole way that collecting your weapons oh, yeah. and upgrading them, I think it's so fun and so it makes that sort of open every cupboard, open every drawer, look behind every door aspect of the game so worth it and satisfying. Mm-hmm. And it's also a nice break from, you know, being trapped in the basement of a hotel that's flooded and, <laughs> you know, and you know something bad's gonna happen. So yeah. I well, like it's... those sort of breaks, you know.
0: You'll be happy to know that it gets even better in the sequel. And I think the cool thing about that that system, both in the first one and I think even more in the second one, is it forces you to use all the weapons. You know, normally yes. when you get into a game like that, you're like, okay, you, I'm going to stick to the shotgun or I'm going to yeah, stick to You pick you know.
2: your favorite and go from there, but different yeah. situations require different approaches and yeah. So, so cool. and and even the stealth and everything. I'm I'm into it and good and I'm so, so yeah stoked that yeah it's a this. it's a lot of fun so I, I i don't know if i'm going to finish soon or how quickly i'll jump in. i might even wait for last of us 2 to drop in price just a bit but mm-hmm. it'll certainly get
0: played at some point cool yeah but uh that's all for me nate watcha bud dude watcha well man like you guys certainly watch it quite a bit i didn't watch you as much i went away for about a week uh to be with my parents at uh, in Muskoka Um, we originally uh, my mom and I and uh, Kevin your your mom and your brother we originally had plans to go to as you know um, Disneyland in August uh, but with everything happening in the world of course not happening anymore and even if it could I don't think we should Um, so we uh, we canceled that so I decided to kind of shift that vacation time and uh it was lovely you know campfire uh roasting marshmallows like you know you go to bed with that sort of fire smell you know in your nostrils like I love it like it's so comfortable and it's really screams summer to me um but you know in our downtime we did get to watching some stuff continuing watching Modern Family I've got my mom hooked now so she's going back and she's going to be watching all of that stuff I'm almost done season 11 now of it and it's uh it's really good. It's just, it's getting better. And I think season 11. Getting better, eh? I, I think so, yeah. Really? I don't know. I don't know. I feel like at least, like, these past couple seasons, and then with season 11, like, I can tell that they've increased the, it seems like they've increased the, the budget or something, or they knew that it was their last season, so obviously they're going to they're gonna try and make it, I don't know, the way it's shot looks a little bit cleaner. Maybe it's just because it's more recent. I don't know. but uh, But I've been really digging it. Um, we, I rewatched, uh, Coco with my parents. Um, and I still haven't uh, seen it really. Oh, yeah. Kevin. Oh, it's so good. And obviously so many tears. And, uh, I, I ultimately, I watched it to try and see how they would react. And of course my dad was like, he, he didn't, he didn't even know who Coco was at the end of it. He thought it was a different character that he thought it was the main character, but it's not. <laughs> um, and so, but no, he honestly, they, they loved it so much and it's Pixar. Like it's. Always going to be fantastic. Uh, Rewatched Jojo Rabbit as well. Oh boy. And uh, you've just been
2: having a cry fest,
0: eh? Dude, it was a good cry fest. It's so funny. (laughs) I don't think my parents will ever let me pick the movie ever again. Um, (laughs) But but no, yeah, it's funny. I asked my mom uh, about it and she's like, well, I would have changed, you know, I'm not going to spoil it, but she would have changed a certain aspect about the movie, uh, and and it would have just been a really happy ending for everyone, uh, but I was like, that's not how so, that goes. So there
2: would have been no shoe tying, in other words.
0: Let's say that, yes. Yeah. There would have been no <laughs> shoe tying, absolutely. And oh. uh, yeah, so really, really I don't know fantastic. If I, I don't know if
2: I told you. I, Sarah and I, when we watched that, I actually yeah. cried.
0: uh that makes me you so know, happy for, to
2: for hear. You the, the know, for the rock of a person that I am, for the the stone yeah, yeah. that dripped some water out of me on that one. That was just heartbreaking, so... Yeah, I, th- I I I thought I'd pass that along,
0: and I thought like it comes out of nowhere. Like he sees that yeah. butterfly, and that sort of gives you a little bit when of hidden information. Sees the
1: shoes. Yeah, yeah.
0: Oh, oh, I'm gonna cry right now. Let's stop talking about it. Okay. <laughs> uh, I also, um, I also started rewatching Avatar: The Last Airbender. That show on social media seems to be getting a resurgence um for for whatever reason and so i've i've really been digging it i've i love that show so much it's only three seasons 20 minutes an episode there's quite a few episodes though um i'm telling you guys watch it just trust me i know you're not an animation person just try try your best for me at least the first few episodes uh i finished uncharted lost legacy on stream um and that dlc was awesome like Obviously, take a break from Uncharted cuz I know you guys have been doing all the Uncharteds. Um, but coming back to Lost Legacy, like Naughty Dog, it's just they know how to make phenomenal games and this DLC was it's just a really nice treat. Uh and it's actually a little longer than I expected. Have you guys ever uh, looked into good. Lost Legacy?
2: Uh I know it exists, but again, yeah. I haven't even finished uh the series itself yet. I'm still on 3. Um oh, okay. so yeah. Um but I mean, if I ever get a hankering to climb a whole bunch of stuff, uh, I will definitely slap huh. that on.
0: <laughs> yeah, hold A and t- or keep tapping A and hold up, right? Yeah, exactly. Yeah. <laughs> Very cool. Uh, yeah, and then last couple things, I watched Hamilton for the first time. Oh. Uh, did you guys have you guys ever seen Hamilton?
2: Uh, you got some money. I, I, I'm just trying to figure out how much you'd have to pay me to sit down and watch
0: that one. <laughs> Lynn Manuel Baranda. Woo! <laughs> oh yeah, and you don't like that guy at all. Um dude, I'm I got to say like I no matter what you think of musicals or anything, like the amount of talent in that production is it, it's just it was dumbfounding. Like it's insane just how good all these people were at doing what they were doing. And I don't know if that was their I don't think it was their first performance, but Um, they, I don't know, they just knocked it out of the park. It's really good. It's cool how they portray it. Um, Lin-Manuel says like, it's America, it's America then portrayed by America now. And I think that's kind of a really cool way to go about doing it. And I think it was cool to kind of get people interested in history. I want to look into it. Uh, it, you know, featuring the first sex scandal in American uh, politics was like, wow, like to think that like, you don't think about that sort of thing happening with people that wear white powdery wigs and stuff like that. So um, yeah, it was really, really good. And finally, um, this is one that I think you guys need to watch as soon as you can get your hands on it. It's not available on uh, Canadian Netflix yet, um, so I had to find it uh, through other means, but uh, Palm Springs. Palm Springs is probably my favorite film of the year so far. Uh, and it's definitely a, a huge surprise. It's, it's really delightful. It's starring, um, Andy Samberg, uh, Kristen Malati and, uh, J Jonah Jameson himself. Um, JK Simmons. And dude, like, have you guys ever had that? Have you ever had a movie that comes along and sort of out of nowhere? You didn't, you didn't know even existed. And then it's just so phenomenal. Like, have you ever had that sort of surprise like that?
2: Yeah, those are always the best, where you haven't seen a trailer, you don't even yeah. know who's in it, sort of thing. Yeah, it's always a fun fun to stumble on something that you end up
0: really enjoying. Dude, it's so delightful. Um, Andy Samberg probably does the best job that I've ever seen him do. It doesn't feel like a Lonely Island movie, even though it is. Uh, Kristen Melati is perfect in it, um, and like I won't spoil anything, but essentially, if an episode like imagine an episode of Twilight um, Twilight Zone, but Really nice and combined with like a burrito, a beer, and a warm hug. And that is what my review is of the movie. You just got to check it out. Honestly, it was phenomenal.
2: I honestly hadn't heard of this myself. So, uh, I mean, Hulu isn't the most easy thing to access up here. But uh, if I can stumble upon it somehow.
0: I might be able to find a way for you to stumble upon it. Cool. Cool. Well, guys, that was our Watcha. We had a ton to get through for Watcha, which means that we don't have as much for news. We've got two news stories coming up. So let's get into the news. It's all about the details. First news story of two, uh, Star Wars, The Bad Batch an all-new animated series to debut on Disney Plus in 2021. This is in a press release uh, directly from Lucasfilm today, uh, or a few days ago if you're listening to this now. uh, Disney Plus ordered its Next animated series from Lucasfilm, Star Wars, The Bad Batch, fresh off the critically acclaimed series finale of Star Wars, The Clone Wars. Um, the Disney Plus original series will premiere on the streaming service in 2021. It follows the uh, elite and experimental clones of The Bad Batch, first introduced in that last season of Clone Wars. Um, and th- as they find their way in a rapidly changing galaxy in the immediate aftermath of the Clone Wars, um, so guys, what do you think about uh, the Clone Wars? I'm personally stoked. I thought they were the, I think they were honestly the best part of that final season. Um, but uh, but Justin, we'll start with you. What do you think?
1: I I, I would agree. I think the, the the introduction of these guys was was pretty cool. Um, yeah, you know, and and just like how they're a, a batch of like rejects like rejected yeah. clones that have defects and, you know, they've become this like black ops stealth group, right? And, you know, they, they run like very, very dark uh, missions, right? Like, based on what, how they describe it. So it's, it's, it's cool, right? Like it's, uh, it's interesting and they don't all look like the clone, right? Like they all have like these the weird uh, like features. That's it's probably one of the reasons why they're considered defective. Um, mm-hmm. But yeah, it, it's it's. I'm glad to see that they can at least they're going to do something with those characters because it's it's a shame you know you introduce them episode one of this you know s- series finale is what you've dubbed this like Clone War series finale mm-hmm. and you feature them in in four episodes and you know you want to learn a little
0: bit more about them right so
1: they were they were cool I I think that it's it's cool that they're they're doing uh, some more stuff with these characters
0: yeah I think it's gonna be like um I hope it's gonna be a short sort of series right like i I totally agree with you in the sense that like four episodes was not enough but if they had introduced these guys in the second last season and we got like a whole season and a half with them we probably wouldn't be as stoked about this do you know what i mean yeah um so yeah yeah, i think that's kind of cool kevin what do you think about the bad batch did you did you enjoy them in in the uh last season
2: uh i don't watch that stuff so my reaction is, woohoo, more prequel animated Star Wars. <laughs> All right. Just what right. I need. More stories about inconsequential characters who have no role to play in the overall scheme of things. And I know that because they're not there by episode four. I don't, I'm tired of this prequel crap. Tell me new stories in different parts of this galaxy. Mm. So I have zero interest.
0: I just... Could not care less about this but, stuff. But, Kevin, I mean, you are going to get with this, it sounds like with this series, you are going to get a moment in time that we haven't seen from Star Wars with characters that are new. I mean, isn't that essentially what you're asking for?
2: They're not, but they're not new. They're all taking place amongst characters we're familiar with and right. a story we already know how it resolves and everything. I just, yeah. Snorefest for me. <laughs> Like I thought, I thought they were supposed to be giving us new stories and new places with new characters, mm. and you know, just new clones isn't new and different enough, if you ask me.
0: Yeah, I I, I completely hear you, Kevin. Like I I want to. It's a big galaxy. Let's get away from the Skywalkers and everything they've touched. But um, I just found the camaraderie so fantastic. I think you know if this was if they were saying this is a. Uh, this is their new main thing, but it's not. It's it's a side story. So I think, as a Star Wars fan, we can live with it, right? That's perfectly fine for the fans of it who 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 like that stuff and have liked yeah. those stories
2: and whatever. But just for I for me, like so I want out of the star the Skywalker part of the galaxy and that timeline, and you mm-hmm. know, I don't know. I think I think I just think
0: you're you're treading water at this point with all that stuff, and I mean, even now they've got the uh, the plans to go back with that with the the no- new novel series and they're going you know even further back into like the old republic um you know it's it is one of those things where it's like do you go further in the future do you go farther away like what would you what would your dream sort of story um be i guess in in terms of star wars like where do you want it to go where do you want it to, where do you want to see it
2: I mean, I'm probably not the right person to ask. I don't know if I need it to go anywhere. I mean, may, I think I've maybe just I, I i've I've had my Star Wars. Mm-hmm. I've had my my, you know, eighty years of a an epic story, and and I'm just ready. I, I don't know. I'm not a big sci-fi guy to begin with. So mm-hmm. you know, while you know, I think they need to move away from the skywalkers. Uh, to breathe new life into the franchise in general. I just don't know if I'm the right person to ask because I don't know if I'll care about any new thing or new characters or new story as much as I already have about the one. Right. You know? So, so And then I think if you do move too far away, then it's just space stories and stuff. You know what I mean? Mm. So if if there isn't even that tie to the Skywalkers, then is it really Star Wars or is it just sci-fi, right? Right. So I don't know. I just I just don't think... I personally need anything else in space, Star Wars-y, whatever. So, again, Mm. I'm the worst person to ask as it relates to that.
1: (laughs) I I think you're right. Like, Star Wars is so, you know, unified with the idea of Skywalkers. You can't have one without the other, right? And, like, the history that they're going to probably tell is going to affect what would have happened in the Skywalker saga if they were to do stories before. But if they do stories after, you know, it's the Mm. ramifications of everything that has happened from the Skywalkers. So, you know they're always going to be there's always going to be something from some part of the story that we've already seen that's going to be find its way into you know these star wars canon things and i think people like people will want or do want to see aspects of it but told you know in, in new ways right and and mm. taking to different parts right i think the mandalorian you know is is probably one of the best examples of taking it in a new direction, a- mm-hmm. especially just how you're consuming it, right? It's not a, a movie; it's a TV show, right? So right. it's not; it doesn't have this grandeur of of it being having to be a, a movie. It's it, it's it's able to take more leeway with its story through you know episodic narrative. So, mm-hmm. I think I think that's really the future for Star Wars: is episodic content. It's not necessarily
0: movies. But I mean, we've been talking about you know even just talking about our watches, like Kevin, you mentioned Ozark and the amount of story progression and character building that they can do with a TV show. You're right, Justin, compared to a movie series. Like, you know, I definitely think that we're going to get stories where we see way more character progression than any of the characters we've seen in the movies. You know, if we get a nice long, you know, eight season show, I mean, it's tough to tell right now with Mandalorian, but, uh, you know, it would be interesting to see it go that way. And, you know, I say eight seasons, and meanwhile, we're all also kind of talking a little bit about uh, being a little Star Warsed out or Star Wars fatigue, uh, as it were. But uh, but you know, it'll be interesting to see where it goes. And you know, twenty twenty one, we'll see what uh, what else is in our our geekosphere at that point. Uh, speaking of what else might be in our geekosphere, um, next news story. The Batman spin off TV show will be set before the Robert Pattinson movie. This in an article uh, yeah, from Prequels! <laughs> Woo! <laughs> right, more prequels. Uh, this in an article from Screen Rant. Uh, written by Cooper Hood Um, instead of the untitled Gotham PD series picking up after the events of the Batman uh, a new piece of information from Variety reporter Justin Kroll says otherwise Kroll tweeted uh, that he's heard the series will be set before Pattinson's solo movie Uh, when the series was announced uh, the press noted that the show will build upon the motion pictures examination of uh, the anatomy of the corruption in Gotham City Uh, according to Kroll this will be done by showing how Gotham became corrupt and infested with criminals in the first place. Um, so as a result of this, you know, we'll get stories maybe that kind of show the, the rise of maybe Commissioner Gordon. Maybe we will get Jeffrey Wright uh, onto the show. I certainly would love that. And he's, he's you know, pretty used to being in, a, in a, an HBO show at this point. Um, it's going to be helmed by Matt Reeves and Terrence Winter for HBO Max. <laughs> Guys, what do you think this means for both the Matt Reeves, the Batman movie, uh, and also what would you want to see from a, a Gotham PD story, you know, given that we've already had uh, quite a few representations of that? Kevin, what do you think? I know you're not for prequels, but you go first. Yeah, this does
2: not nothing for me. I don't know. No. when When it's a show set before a movie, then there's no danger for any of the characters, and if there's no danger, then there's no intrigue, in my opinion, so it just... I don't always need to know where somebody came from and what traffic ticket they got that changed their life and inspired their decisions, you know? So yeah. I'm perfectly fine with Gotham as a crap hole with crime and corruption. I don't need to see it crumble to that. Mm. That's, just, you know, I just,
0: I just, I, I'm never a big fan of prequels, so. Do you, do you think that they could do it? I mean, kind of to what Justin was saying about Star Wars, like, do you think they could show it in a different way? light that maybe we haven't seen before? I know there's been a ton of iterations of of Gotham over the years, but do you think there's a different light that could maybe surprise you especially given that it's HBO and they're going to get behind it?
1: Well you keep saying HBO right like it's 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 Time Warner. Right. And it's all right. just Warner Brothers. So like, guess, it's all yeah. branded as HBO. I think if they're going to bring in HBO components like it's a crime, like a crime show, like could you imagine a true detective meets Gotham City? Like that'd be pretty oh, cool. Like murders, like actual gory murders and like, you know, really ri- give give like the way Gotham PD could really be effective as a show is really breathing life into what Gotham is. Right. And, and mm. what that interpretation of Gotham is is to look like right um and and and, you know i think jeffrey wright went on the record of saying like you know this this movie by matt reeves isn't a continuation of nolan's darkness it's a new darkness and it's and in Mm. some ways it's darker so you know here though hearing that and 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 having that in mind and then also thinking that you know he's behind this idea of the show i feel like the intent with a show like this is to just give more background to gotham and where Mm. they are specifically and 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 also the tonality of of what they want in terms of that Um, could be could be interesting right I I didn't like the WB version of of Gotham or whatever it was it just was it was absolute trash Um, I I could not get into it Um, and so yeah like I I just think that it would be I'd be far more interesting to see if there's a way that they can integrate the crime aspect and and then sort of hint at some of these Villains, if you will, that are there, but really, you know, maybe keep it more grounded on on the crimes and, you know, where they lead to kind of thing. Hmm. And is Batman going to
0: be in it? No, not confirmed. Yeah. And I don't think so. I couldn't see Robert Patton's. I mean, maybe maybe in a, an episode or maybe in a, a scene, um, but I, I don't I couldn't see them going that far with it. But, um, you know, it, I think that's a really cool idea. I know, Kevin, you're not a big fan of uh, the Joker, but, you know, Justin, you mentioning that comment by Jeffrey Wright saying, you know, it's going to be darker than Nolan um, it makes me kind of feel like could it be possible that we get almost like a, a the Joker tone right. in in this show? Um, it, it and could, and is that possible to do? Yeah. It could
1: definitely go that way. But I, I also think that they don't want to necessarily get too tied to this idea of things all linking together but right. rather than like maybe to your point a tonality element that bleeds through that kind of like links them together right yep. rather than necessarily saying that you know batman takes place in the mm-hmm. same time or world of of gotham as the joker right kind of thing right, right. so yeah um, but obviously uh, see with but the then show-
2: it's just it's just more dc nonsense then it's 18 different variations of the same stories taking place in different universes that have no connection, and then it's yeah. Why even call it Gotham? I th-
0: I think it's tough to take the comic book sensibility of having different series of comic books and yeah. translate that to film and television. Absolutely, I think it's just really difficult to do. Yeah. Um, so I mean, I don't, I don't. I, I do blame them, but I also wouldn't want to be in, in Warner's shoes um, as they try to, to, to sort of say, like, look at the success of the Marvel Universe. Let's try that. That didn't work. Okay, let's go back to what we were doing before. That doesn't work. And I just feel like it's it's going to be really, really tough for them to kind of create that succinct sort of um, universe. I just think this is the, th- like, I mean, when you talk about the
2: Batman, it's the third iteration of Batman that we've gotten since 2012. Yeah. You know? Yeah. And in and in those eight to ten years, you know, we've only had one Iron Man and yeah. you know, even though there's very little connection between the Netflix Marvel shows, mm. um, you know, they still in those shows reference the New York incident. Right. Yeah. And we haven't had a different character playing a different version of say Daredevil show up in the movies. Right. That yeah. is that is their Daredevil and whether we ever see him in a movie, I don't think we ever will. I hmm. think that's the only time that character will exist in the current iteration of the MCU. Hmm. Instead of like now is is this Robert Pattinson Batman going to be related to the Justice League movies they are still doing? No. You know, okay, so like it's just yeah. it's just a yeah. mess. It's just a, it's hard for me to care. Yeah, I'm still. I still think the Batman's going to be cool, but yeah,
0: let's. Uh, we could talk about this stuff forever. Um, and uh, instead of talking about what will be far away, let's talk about some things that are coming up very soon as we move into trailer time. It's trailer time. All right, so let's go ahead and dive into trailer time. We've got some uh, some. Misfit group sort of team dynamic trailers that uh, we want to talk about superhero trailers we want to talk about uh, all coming to streaming services actually pretty soon um, and uh, yeah let's let's start off with our first trailer here the Umbrella Academy season two uh, of course this series is adapted from a comic book series by My Chemical Romance's Gerard Way uh, as well as uh, Gabriel Ba um, and they did a comic book series. Um, not too long ago, that that turned into season one. And now season two sees our Hargrave family returning for what looks like yet another uh, apocalypse again. Um, The show is going to be back to Netflix pretty soon, July 31st. Guys, what are your thoughts on the trailer? And have either of you seen anything from the Umbrella Academy?
2: I I personally have not, no. Yeah. I mean, it looks like it has a fun tone to it. The characters and their powers seem interesting. I mean, you can only get so different with them, but, you know, they seem right. like fun variations of classic characters and stuff like that. I just I don't know if I had to, if I hadn't seen anything for either show, I wouldn't know which was the boys and which was Umbrella Academy, <laughs> right. you know?
0: Yeah, they are. I mean, when we start getting into these both of them being released around the same time. Both of them being well, related they're, to they're superheroes, probably,
1: they're probably each other's competition, right? Like for mm-hmm. like superhero dynamic, right? I mean, I, service I, platforms, yeah, hundred percent.
2: Now, the Umbrella Academy isn't the same sort of vulgar, violent, gory
0: as
2: as the boys.
0: No, it's Umbrella Academy goes way more weird where the boys goes way more dark. I think that's right. kind of the way to think about it. Yeah. So like the umbrella Academy, you know, you, it's still, it still gets, there's still harrowing moments. You still get, you know, heart pumping action and, and, and touching moments as well. Um, but it's, it is more along the lines of like, you can tell it's done by Gerard way. Like you can tell that it's like this really almost what seems like it could have been a song the way that it's written, um, with some of the crazy aspects to it. Uh, but like it's, it is just that. It's a lot of fun. It's a lot of fun. But I don't know, like this new this new season, the only thing that I, I've noticed and I, I've been reading online is just, you know, s- sort of spoilers for the first one, but it, you kind of get it from the very first episode of the first one. It revolves around sort of a, a coming apocalypse. And this this new season two seems to be doing the exact same thing. So it's it's interesting. I think they're doing that to throw us off. I hope. But mm. we'll have to wait. We'll have to wait and see. Interesting. Uh, yeah, because is there time travel in this story? Is Yes. There... Yeah, okay. Yeah, yeah. I, I think, if anything, you guys should give it a shot just because of how different the characters are. Um, they Yes, they are different variations of other characters from, you know, we're going to be talking about the X-Men coming up and, and, you know, even the boys and stuff like that, these superhero team-ups. But they, they just, they do it in such a way that's so different that you're... At first, you're sort of taken aback by it, and then you grow to love them, which is pretty cool from what I found. Yeah. So, that is, uh, again, that's coming out very soon uh, on the 31st of July. Uh, Next up, The Boys Season 2. We just talked about it. This is from creators Eric Kripke, Evan Goldberg, and of course, uh, Seth Rogen, who's Justin's favorite uh, movie maker. Uh, we've got Carl Urban, Jack Quaid, Anthony Starr, Laz Alonzo, and Aaron Moriarty uh, with newcomer to the series Aya Cash. Uh, and of course, he's in everything. Gian- Giancarlo Esposito uh, shows up uh, as a more prominent figure in season two. Um, oh, is he in season one? He's in season one for oh, a very brief moment.
2: Yeah. Because uh, I, I, I I realized I'm about four episodes in. So I'm about halfway through season oh, cool. one. I watched watched it, it. Well, no, I watched it back in like September of last right. year. Uh, yeah. And then just got busy with stuff and, and, you know, had a wedding to plan and whatnot. And just got distracted to the point where I never finished. Mm. Uh, I could see going back and maybe Sarah and I giving it a run through and then seeing if we like it and stuff. I liked elements of it. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, it's, I'm just superheroed out, man. But
0: but that's the beauty of this show is it turns that upside down. Like yes, it's still revolving around superheroes, but the heroes of the show are the people that are hunting them. It's not it's not the it's not the actual superheroes. The superheroes are awful people, and it's really cool to see how the the world sort of merchandises them to kind of parallel what we get in our world with merchandise. And but but they're all very awful people because at the end of the day you give people a lot of power as we can see in our real world and they're not good <laughs> they're they're awful most of the time
2: sure it's a variation but i mean paint a turd to look like a rock it's still a turd right um <laughs> sure. you know it's just another superhero show and right. it's certainly more enjoyable than any of that cw crap they you know superhero yes. shows have come a long way in the last 15 years when you compare it to things like the flash and and arrow and that sort of stuff yeah. Um, but I mean, it's like, and was the boys based on a comic series as well?
0: Yes, it is. Yeah. yeah.
2: Like, I don't remember. There are a Dennis, lot but... of other kinds of comic series, which I think lends itself to the television format very well. Yeah. They don't always have to be about superheroes. Look Correct, at how yeah. successful and at least in the beginning, good The Walking Dead was. And right. it was a comic book series perfectly tailored to be translated to TV. And I think there's just so many genres and types of comic books that could lend themselves to become good television shows. I mean, I'm not a comics reader, so I couldn't give you any examples, but right. I was a reader of The Walking Dead before it became a TV show. And, and it was so, you know, it was so different than just every other superhero iteration that we're getting on our big and small screens. And yeah. I just, and I just, I just, I can't watch superheroes every time I go to the theaters and every time I turn on my television it's superhero this and superhero that you know
0: yeah i so mean there's um i think one of the examples that i would give and i granted i've only read a few issues of it but is saga uh there's a show called or a, a comic book called saga that falls very much into those really weird things that we see from umbrella academy but it also focuses a little bit more on Futuristic, but also fantasy-based characters, which like that's for it from a TV standpoint. I know we got that Lord of the Rings show coming up, but from a TV standpoint, we don't really get a ton of that fantasy-based stuff, right? So no, I think at least be not cool done too. well.
2: Yeah. So yeah, that'd be you know that'd be so different and refreshing. I think. Yeah. Um. Mm-hmm. You know. So that would just be my stance on. I know we're doing a superhero movie, so it may or a themed episode, so it makes a lot of sense to to talk about these things. I just find it hard to get excited about another quirky team of superheroes <laughs> when we already have so much of it,
0: you know? Right. Yeah, more more of this burnout that we've been talking about. Justin, are you burned out or you you think you'd binge? Uh, you think you might go back and binge the boys?
1: I've heard good things about it in the sense that, you know, it is, uh, as you were saying, Nate, it's a bit of an um, upside-down look at the idea of superheroes and, and you know, their iconography and, and what they serve in society and stuff like that. Um, mm-hmm. I, I feel like it's almost like a a, a different adaptation of something like Watchmen. Um, mm. It kind of yeah. feels like it could be yeah, it's again, very modernized having, Watchmen. Yeah, so like again, not having seen anything, and so I can't really talk to and or will comment on what the show is like or for whatever reason, um, right? You know if it how it is, but uh, based on what I have seen of it, it does look like it would be enjoyable um yeah i'm interested to see i'll just have to take the time to like watch season one and
2: i mean it's only eight episodes so yeah. you could probably get through it in like six and a half
0: hours you know i think you're really um, gonna love it i do i honestly do but
1: i probably will i i just don't i haven't yeah. just I, it's one of the things i just you know haven't sat down to say okay i'm gonna watch this
0: cool well hopefully we all can sit down and watch it very soon again that comes out september 4th on amazon prime yeah. Alright, our last trailer here. Really quickly, this dropped very recently on, uh, on. I think it's going to be coming on, out on Netflix on August 14th. This is Project Power directed by Henry Joost and Ariel Shulman. Uh, starring Joseph Gordon-Levitt, Jamie Foxx, Machine Gun Kelly, and Amy Landecker. Uh, the quick pitch for this, when a pill that gives us uh, sorry, gives its users unpredictable superpowers for five minutes, hits the streets of New Orleans. A teenage dealer and a local cop must team uh, with an ex-soldier to take down the group responsible for its creation. Kevin, did this trailer do anything for you?
2: This, is, this looks like <laughs> Limitless meets Bloodshot. <laughs> oh, <laughs> like, <no. laughs> like, it just... Uh. I don't think it looks very good personally.
1: No, I think yeah. it looks like hot trash. Yeah, it looks pretty hokey.
2: It looks this this looks like it's going to get a nice 33 on Metacritic for sure. Yeah.
1: I just feel bad for Joseph Gordon-Levitt. Like I like him. I just He's wish so he wouldn't good tie in everything his he does. Name. Yeah, I wish he wouldn't tie his name to this 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 awful atrocity of a film. But yeah, it looks like a ripoff of Limitless with you know a whole lot of bloodshot crap and like it's it, just.
0: It reminded me. The trailer reminded me of what was the other Netflix thing they did with. Uh, Will Smith and it was a fa- again a fantasy based thing that didn't work. Bright, bright, bright. That was great,
1: I liked that. Did you really? You it?
2: like that? <laughs> yeah, I
1: thought it was good.
2: Oh my
0: god! Uh, somebody should tell Netflix somebody liked it. <laughs> I know, I can't believe it's, it. You know what? It's weird. I started watching Bright. I stopped for a f- uh, it, it. Sort of froze for a few minutes. It said, "Justin, are you still watching?" And I was like, "No." <laughs> I actually but, liked uh, the David. It was
1: a David Ayer um, who also did Suicide Squad and as. As we've talked about, his, yeah. his his interpretation of Suicide Squad was a little muddled by the studio, so he he's now yammering for a, 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 an air cut or an uh, of his of his Suicide Squad <laughs> where he could actually put out the movie that he wanted. But uh, hmm. um, you know, after Suicide Squad, he did that film, and uh, I was I wanted to see how it was going to turn out because he also did End of Watch. Um, but yeah, it wasn't bad. I don't think it was. I don't think it was horrible. I didn't mind it. So uh, talking about like you know fresh. Fresh takes and different approaches on on you know the typical sort of stuff you know I thought that was it was it was fairly you know it was it was pretty good
2: yeah it was race relations with ogres and stuff right yeah exactly <laughs> essentially yeah. I think
0: I think onward did it better but uh, I but think no, it looks yeah. I think I mean for that one in particular I think it was a cool premise it just looked really cheesy I think Project Power also looks really cheesy and you know that. You know that a, a movie trailer didn't really hit home when we spend, you know, the time that we're supposed to be talking about it, talking about all the other movies. So uh, let's let's move on. That's coming out August 14th. If you guys want to take a look at it, uh, but guys, that's it for trailer time. We've gotten through the news. I think it's time now to move on to our topic of the show. It's time for the topic. All right, so with the recent 20th anniversary of the first X-Men film and with the recent reports of Janelle Monae wanting to portray Storm, that got us thinking, how would we like to see the X-Men introduced into the MCU? So we have our cast of mutants, we have our directors, and we each have a pitch for how we would like to get our lovable team of specialized humans into the Marvel Cinematic Universe. Uh, So for this one... um, you know we can if you guys want we can kind of go each of us Justin you could go then uh me and then Kev losses himself if you want to if you want to round it off um you know what you. Well, you know what i'll take over and i'll go first Are you sure?
2: Yeah, let's all do right, it. All right, cool.
0: Cool. As long let's as listen, it. i i am expecting from Justin based off our friends total recast i mean, i am expecting all the mutants to be swedish and i want this to be a dramedy about the x people I think it would be fantastic. (laughs) Um, But no, yeah, go ahead. Kevin, let's hear your pitch for how we get these mutants into the MCU.
2: All right. Uh, I think the the trickiest thing about doing this is that, you know, there are seven existing X-Men movies that are relatively (laughs) fresh in our minds in the sense that, you know, the most recent of that Connected series came out just last year. so. That franchise, you know, even though they tried to shift it up with time changes and going back in time to show existing characters and their younger selves, and then there was crossovers of all of them and everything, you still had threads that linked them all together, uh, namely being Wolverine and uh, and Hugh Jackman. Right. Um, and I think that the only way to do this and not make it feel very DC-esque Mm-hmm. Is to completely reboot it. No element of that existing X Men franchise. So now, so the Fox X Men are gone forever. You, wow. you don't you don't carry a single thread of it over, just to sort of <clears throat> keep it fresh. And right. I think that's really tough because one thing that Marvel does so well is is work off of the existing comics and bring those stories to the big screen in a way that satisfies even the the most hardcore fan.
0: Yeah, that's tough. And I mean, we've been so, we've even been talking about sorry, we've even been talking about like how are they going to move on with Star Wars? How are how are they right. going to do Batman prequels and we're all kind of complaining about it. So I could imagine
2: It's it's I just think <laughs> it's such a difficult task that they have and you know, I think that one of the ways that they one of the things they have to avoid would be just taking the comic book inspiration. And so that would be things like Magneto being a child during the Holocaust and and those sorts of things. Mm. And I think it's it's going to be really tough for them to explain how these mutants have existed for all of that time without right. becoming, you know, plus that starts making your characters 80, 90 years old, right, which mm. I don't know if it, that's the smartest thing to do in terms of bringing them into this, you know, 20 plus movie universe. Anyways, long ramble short. Um, I am taking elements of these origin stories for these characters and bringing them into the 21st century and modernizing them. In fact, Ooh. I'm modernizing it to the fact that mutants only started to exist when Thanos' original snap takes place. Cool. So the mutant gene is in humans. It's in certain humans and it has been lying dormant in humans for Lord knows how long, but it wasn't until the snap of the infinity stones that these genes are triggered. And now all of a sudden, um, while people like the Avengers are dealing with the consequence of the snap and -hmm. trying to get people back and trying to thwart Thanos and undo it, Two brilliant friends have discovered that they themselves have developed mutant powers and so have people around the world. This is good. The problem is these friends have very different opinions of what should be done about it. While one thinks these people should be recruited and trained, almost taught what to do with their powers and how to use them appropriately, the other friend is far more... He's far more pessimistic about the world. He saw what happened to superheroes in the film Civil War when recruitment and bringing them in and registering them hmm. was a, was a punishment in a way to imprison them. so uh, when this more pessimistic friend tries to thwart a senator who had found out about mutants and was going to expose them to the world, he tries to kill him by crushing his car with his brain. <laughs> Bending the metal, if you will. (laughs) The other friend, the optimist, tries to stop him using his telekinesis. The pessimist metal bender tries to kill his friend, but only injures him, paralyzing him from the legs down. Fast forward five years later. The optimist, Charles Xavier, has opened his school for mutants. He's begun recruiting them to his school, teaching them the way that they can live and interact and help society. The pessimist, Magneto, is out hunting mutants to recruit them to his side to take over the world as he believes they rightly deserve. Um, So you have the basis there uh, for, you know, your traditional Charles and Magneto and their friendship, and it's sort of a newer version on how to bring them To the world, and essentially the story is them again. Five to seven years after the snap, they're 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 recruiting mutants to their own cause, and they both um, reconvene when they try to track down an elusive mutant with unbelievable powers by the name of Logan. So there is my pitch for the story,
0: dude. I love that, and you've kept it so simple. I'm getting. I know you just finished Lost. I'm getting major Man in Black, man, you know, Man uh Jacob.
2: Okay, vibes. cool. Yeah. Well, yeah, it's definitely both you know? sides of the spectrum and and both have their the merits to their points and yeah. but, you know, they just have a different way of going about what should be done with these new mutants and and everything like that. So
0: That's really cool. I do like that cuz it also it also uh gives that sort of ability for for like a Marvel for like the writers at Marvel uh studios to kind of build that into something that is more modern is more realistic bad guys aren't just bad and good guys aren't just good like i i do really dig that right Very
2: and cool. and and it's just that's the best way i could think of to sort of have these mutants be around uh but not the whole time and to also fit into the current story and and just you know it's how you integrate them without asking well where have they been all this time so that was kind of my main focus on trying to integrate the story into something that's already 22 movies long. Okay, so um, for Professor X, I didn't want to go super old, because I don't think these characters have to be older. I think, um, you know, obviously, because the gene is just dormant in you, you could be any age when the snap happened and you were awoken. And that lets them find mutants of varying ages throughout all the stories they end up telling. Uh, For Professor X, I went with Mark Strong um uh i know he usually plays the bad guy in a lot of things um so mark strong would be like the bad guy from kick ass uh but he's also oh. the lovable the lovable sidekick in um the kingsman <laughs> um, so i think he could bring that charm and you know uh, a sense of uh, demeanor and 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 intelligence um he's already and then- got the haircut well, I, You know, I was looking for somebody who would look good bald and a naturally yep. bald person just... You know, McAvoy always looked a bit weird with the bald head. Um, and then so for his friend, I wanted somebody of a similar age because they would have grown up together. Um, so I went with somebody who I just think reeks of being a dickhead um, in real life. Uh, I went with Sean Penn. Um, oh, wow. Um, so... I thought he'd be a cool Magneto, a good thwart for Mark Strong. Uh, And now you're really getting some name power into the franchise. Because I think the most amazing thing about Marvel is that you can't laugh at anybody being included. Because look at the, you know, names that they've gotten to do these movies at this point, right? So I don't think anybody's off limits as long as the script and story and character are good. Um, And then, so working alongside Professor X would be Beast. Uh, So I wanted to sort of bring... A bit of nerdy, but sort of quirky charm. So I went with uh, Richard Iota. Um, so he really? is most notif- notably known from uh, the IT crowd. Yeah. Uh, I just thought he looks <laughs> great in glasses. He'd be really fun and quirky. Um, and again, you, I don't think you have to be like a big guy to play Beast because he sort of gets transformed into that right right and so you might never actually see him as a human um but i just think he'd bring like a fun sort of quirky personality to it Um, sort of the
0: professor beast idea exactly Um, exactly i do i do really like the uh that aspect for for that for that actor because he's so unexpected and i think um who is it that we were talking about that is on uh it's on from silicon valley that's going to be in that new marvel movie in the eternals
2: Oh, uh, yeah. Uh, gosh, I can't think of his
0: name right now. Kumal Nanjiani. That's the um, one. Yeah, that's the one. He looks yeah. unbelievable. So imagine if yeah. Richard got his, the, you know, the guy that trained him <laughs> to, right? to come and on. So, and, and
2: so, like, yeah. I'm, not, I'm not sure, uh, I'm not too familiar with Beast in terms of, because I know in the most recent movies of the X-Men, he would, he, like, created a serum so he could go back to human and stuff. I'm not sure if that's like a common story with the Mm -hmm. character, but so then you could really see a transformation and he goes to almost being like almost a smaller, nerdier guy into this big beast whenever he needed it, you know, not like Hulk, but kind of like Hulk. Um, So yeah, so Beast would be working alongside him, um, as would um, Storm. I've got uh, Storm being played by Kiki Palmer. Um, Oh (laughs) Uh, I I know her most from Scream Queens. I just think she's got that really tough, badass look that I think is always associated with Storm. Cool. Um, um, so and I went kind of true in in terms of a, the look to the more traditional comic books and cartoons and everything character. Yeah. Um, and then uh, they've also got uh, young, arrogant but uh, do gooder Ansel Elgort as Cyclops. <laughs> oh um, I can totally see that. I just don't like him, and Cyclops is almost kind of that like unlikable, likeable guy or whatever, right? At least, you know, like the way James Marsden played him, right? Where he's like that goody two shoe wiener, right? So Ansel just screams that to me. And I think that uh,
0: would that would pull him was he was he in the Fantastic Four? No, he wasn't. Never mind. <laughs> no, I think
2: that was Miles, right? Right. Yeah. Who Miles I actually who, who I actually considered for a couple roles, but no. Oh, and then uh, then you have his girlfriend, uh, Jean Grey, who would be played by Jane Levy. Um, she was in the the remake of Evil Dead. She was in Shameless. Uh, she's a redhead, or looks good as a redhead. So I just thought she'd be great. And I've seen a few pictures that just scream, you know, that serious, troubled, but also very sweet and likable. You know, she's sort of that torn character. That's so um cool. as As uh, Rogue, I've got uh, Julia Garner. Uh, she plays the daughter in Ozark. Um, so, you know, right. she could play, like, a cool bratty. You know, she's the young pup of the group that's, you know, maybe getting into trouble, and they're always and she, trying to look out for her. She can do that
0: accent. You know, like, I know Rogue sometimes has an accent in some of the iterations, sure. so that would be really cool. Sure.
2: Absolutely. <laughs> uh, and then again, and so... Uh, you know, and then again, uh, I think my answer for Wolverine is obvious because I've talked about it before, but I'm not straying from it. Zac Efron all day, baby. Wow. There's nobody in Hollywood who's got the physique that he's got and the acting chops, and I think he could pull off serious and, but also bring some sort of fun, smart-alecky, you know. He's a younger take on it. Listen, nobody thought Hugh Jackman could do it. It's not like yeah. he was known for being a tough guy before he did Wolverine. And I just think taking those rage scenes from like neighbors where he's like beating the crap out of Seth Rogen um, like if you look up if you just google Zach Efron Wolverine the fan art that people have done he is just perfect for the role in my he opinion really is. So, wow, yeah. so so i will i'll never stray from that i'll be disappointed with whoever they do end up casting if it's not him dude that uh, is so so again, Fantastic. I don't know if Magneto would have some henchmen that he's already recruited, but I I wanted to sort of keep the cast list a little smaller, so I didn't go into you know some of. I guess I could have done a Mystique, but anyways, that's my that's my starting cast list because I think that you run into trouble if you have too many people that you're introducing in the first movie.
0: Right. No, that's awesome. That's really cool. I like I like the idea uh, that you mentioned of like the snap activates it. So it, their ages can be all different. And I think that really opens up because for me, like I did not even consider that. So like, I was like, okay, this person would be really great, but they're a little young. And I think that's really cool that you have the opportunity to go really different with it. That's fantastic. Cool. Okay. Well, listen, let's, uh, I'll, I'll move into mine. I'm going to give my cast first. Cause I would love for you guys to sort of see them as I'm sort of giving my pitch. So you can kind of see the, the actors in there. So let's, let's start with, uh, with with my, my team here. So starting with uh it's almost like I went in alphabetical order here, but I didn't mean to. Um Angel. For Angel, I chose Billy Magnuson. Um Billy Magnuson, of course, you'll know from uh I think the most recent thing he was in was in Aladdin.
2: Do you guys know? Oh him yeah, Aladdin? I
0: like him. I like him, yeah. R- right? He just I mean, he's got the hair, he's got the, the I mean he usually usually
2: plays like uh the goofy, almost dumb guy, right? You Are they know?
0: making a spin
1: off? Of his character from Aladdin?
0: Yeah,
2: yeah. Oh, yeah, that's right. I can't wait for that. Yeah, we he, talk he, was, about that. he was great in Game Night.
0: Yes. Yeah. And I think it would be really cool to kind of see him portray maybe someone a little bit darker, because I know Angel with his He's dad.
2: troubled and stuff, yeah. Yeah,
0: right? But troubled rich kid, like, I think it's right up his alley. So I went with Billy Magnuson. For Beast, I went with Tom Hardy. Now I know Tom Hardy is a really big choice for um you know falling in like I know he came from the DC side and he's he's done that stuff but I totally think he he would work uh as Beast and I think he could do a really cool job. I know a lot of people want him for Wolverine um but I just think he would be really interesting to see him play sort of that intellectual but also has the ability to go rough and and heavy with it, right? So I think that would sure. be really cool. For sure. My my only concern is is he not in some ways Mm -hmm. kind of
2: in the mcu already
0: yeah you're right oh no
2: that was that that's that's my only concern with him because that 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 stunted me from picking a few characters yeah how is he but
0: how is he in the mcu again well because he's He's venom Venom, so if they Uh, ever do go ahead and make that crossover i don't even want that to happen so in my future (laughs) but other
2: otherwise i think it's an awesome choice for the character that brings a lot of uh Punch to what is a secondary character? So that's a right. That's a strong cast.
0: Cool beans uh, for Cyclops. And I know I've got pretty much all a lot of dudes here so far, but uh, Alden Ehrenreich. Alden oh, Ehrenreich, Han Solo oh, himself. Han Solo. Uh, Oh, cool! As Cyclops, I think he's. Oh man, you're going to make Cyclops likable. Damn you! (laughs) (laughs) Yes, hundred percent. But I still want him to be a jerk. I still want him to be very, you know, uh, uh, you know, his own cocksure, yeah, yeah. self obsessed. That sort of thing would be really fun. Um, and I think. Alden could even take it even a little bit more goofy because I know in the X-Men 2000 movie, like he was he he was just that was such a 2000 style version of Cyclops. Um, I think that would be really fun to sort of modernize him in a goofy sense. But um, Iceman, we've got Iceman on the team and he is played by Docre Montgomery uh, from the most recent Stranger Things. Uh, just look at this hunk, a hunk of beautifulness here this guy (laughs) um I almost considered him for someone like pyro um but uh because he's just so hot but Iceman Ray Montgomery uh I think would be really really cool and I think he could almost almost swap roles with Cyclops in the sense that maybe he would be more of the Cyclops traditional persona and then uh and then Alden Eirich Cyclops can be like very goofy I don't know I think that'd be kind of neat um, and then we've got Jean Grey, um, who in my version I'm calling Marvel Girl, and she will be played by Yvonne Strahovski. Yvonne Strahovski, who you'll know from like Dexter, uh, Chuck. Uh, she's she's normally blonde, but I think she could pull off a redhead. I don't know. I don't know how to spell any of those names, Yvonne <laughs> Strahovski. Uh, you could just do like an IMDb for for Chuck or for. Uh, and you'll see her there, or Dexter, and she's um she's also in um The Handmaid's Tale, and she's just so she's such a phenomenally underrated actor. Um and she's you know, she's usually in a lot of TV stuff, so I think how cool would it be to get her into the the MCU? Um but yeah, that would be my Jean Gray. Cool. Now for my Xavier, we've talked about him already on the podcast. Uh I went uh with Jeffrey Wright. I just think He's a oh, really interesting, you know, he would be like a fresh take. And yeah. I don't know what he would look like bald, but does Xavier have
1: to be bald? What do you mean? He's bald. Isn't he bald in uh, in Westworld?
0: Oh, yeah, I guess he'd, he's he got like a little bit of hair on the side. OK, cool. Well, there you go. He works it's, bald. Yeah, it's good. works well <laughs> on him. Yeah, it's his look. Um, but yeah, I just think he would be super cool and he could play somebody really smart and kind of neat that way. Now, yeah, Mag- I like it. Magneto, uh, Kevin, I, uh, I kind of did this one for you a little bit. Uh, I thought, how cool would it be to get Charles Dance as a very original Marvel character nice. style Magneto, nice. right? You yeah, got that'd your be great. Game of Thrones, Charles Dance, uh, yeah. uh, Mr. Lannister himself. Like, he's just so, he's got such a presence on screen and i think he'd be so menacing but also re- a little more uh even more reserved. And I I mean how can you get more reserved than the original but um i think it'd be really cool.
2: Yeah, there's cool. there's so many tough shoes to fill just in in like nostalgia and everything like that that you know, uh he he would step into that role really well. I like that casting a lot.
0: Cool. Uh i've only got i've got four more really quick. Uh President Robert Kelly would be played by Billy Crudup. Billy Crudup from, uh, I think most recently we've seen him in uh, The Morning Show, um, and he is just a phenomenal, he, he, he's just like really good at being a bad guy. Um, and I think yeah, he would be- Yeah, smarmy
2: and sleazy, yeah. Right?
0: Yeah. Ah, oh, super cool. Uh, William Stryker, uh, Reverend William Stryker, in my version, oh. uh, will be played by, believe it or not, hopefully he's, he's still with us, Tom Hanks.
2: Wow right okay okay Okay. now you know how i said (laughs) nobody was untouchable
0: (laughs) you don't think we could get tom hanks in this mcu To play a bad guy, especially, Jeez. Right? How cool would that be to play a reverend who is someone that, you know, you can see him being very likable because he's a reverend, but then to be on that back end and be a really horrible human being, I just want to see Tom Hanks take on a role like that. I think it would be super dynamic, and I think he's got the chops for it. I mean, I want to go into a movie and not like Tom Hanks because he's just too damn likable. Um and then uh, I've got just really quickly, Bolivar Trask is played by Idris Elba. Who? Uh, Idris Elba will play Bolivar Trask. Uh, Trask was... is the guy that comes oh, up with Sentinels. Who... Right, okay. So I think he just fits that military persona. I wouldn't have him in the movie for too long. Uh Damn, and then you're, la- you're
2: jamming so many uh,
0: X-Men stories into this one movie, eh? Wait till you hear my pitch, okay? You're gonna you're gonna like everyone's gonna hate it. Um <laughs> uh, lastly but not leastly X-23 will be played by both Daphne Keen. we're going to bring her over, uh, and Haley Steinfeld. All right. So, with that cast, hopefully you guys like it. Hopefully we can... I think the MCU can afford it, and I think it would be really cool to get those big names.
2: It was such a huge cast and so many big names. Yeah, Dude, so many big <laughs> names, so
0: many fantastic people, so many amazing actors. Here we go. My pitch for this MCU version of X-Men. This movie appears as a standalone X-Men movie in its marketing. You you watch it, you know that, you know, based off the backstory we all watch and keep up with the news, Marvel acquired X-Men and they get this and they do that or whatever. But this movie, you're like, okay, but how does this tie into MCU? I don't even understand. The trailer doesn't look at all like MCU. It starts in 1963, And, in fact, most of the movie takes place in 1963. Our original X-Men team are already established. So I'm talking the original five X-Men, Angel, Beast, Cyclops, Iceman, Jean Grey, of course, led by Xavier. Uh, And they are already established, and they're facing all of their greatest threats all at once. President Kelly has now successfully passed the necessary bills to call for the eradication of the mutant gene. Uh, He has partnered with Reverend William Stryker and military tech uh, mogul Bolivar Trask, and they have initiated a countrywide hunt for anyone who has, in their words, contracted the mutant virus. Uh, Trying to bring in some of the stuff that's going on now, right? And we got them, you know, it's a little bit of people, they're telling people, like, stay away from mutants and wear masks and all this stuff. So we're bringing in some of our current day stuff into there. Um, Magneto has lost all sense of empathy, and has now initiated a full-scale assault on the United States. Our team hears that, he's, uh, that, that leading his army is a rather young mutant discovered in Canada. He calls it his Weapon X. Now, throughout the movie, our team discovers Weapon X to be a very little girl uh, and a clone of a mutant that Xavier had been tracking for quite some time now. Uh, throughout the movie, they manage to find Laura and they realize that her actions throughout the film have never been her own. She is literally physically being controlled by Magneto. His powers have grown so strong that at this point, he can control the metal inside of her body symbiotically to the point where he is literally controlling her. And he's using her and her ability that she essentially can't die, for the most part, uh, her healing factor, um, as a way to uh, really just infiltrate because she's so unexpected. Nobody expects this little girl to be able to do what she can do. Uh, and so she never wants to actually do it. She's, you know, she's, she's always upset about it. But she just, she can't help it. Um, anyways, the movie comes to its climax. And it seems as though our heroes have lost. Magneto has taken over. And, and the Sentinels have taken over. And boom. People start getting dusted. First Xavier. Followed by Beast. Then Gene Jean Grey. And everyone around Laura starts disappearing. Then she gets dusted as well. What happens is, the problem is, is due to the events that occur in Endgame, as well as the events from the upcoming Loki series, our heroes are brought to different times and an alternate universe, which is our MCU, our current MCU. So our X-Men team have all been brought to the year 2025, which is post Endgame, and Laura is brought to the year 2011 in the same universe. So again, we're going really crazy with this timey-wimey stuff, due to the shifts in the timeline uh, caused by our heroes, both in in Endgame and of course Loki jumping around. Um, mutants are have have basically started when um, the experiments happened with Captain America. Followed by Scarlet Witch and um, the fast one. (laughs) Quicksilver. Quicksilver. Thank you. Um, And so, you know, I think it would be really cool near the end of that movie to, you know, due to the shifts in our timelines, our heroes will go from a time where people are being condemned to a time where they're, for the most part, they're celebrated for saving the world. Uh, And I think it would be a really awesome shift in dynamic to see how they would cope with the differences between a a very anti-mutant 1960s and a modern-day specialized human-celebrated world with the Avengers. Um, Anyways, at the end of the movie, credit Stinger for the next X-Men movie after this, Xavier is seen in a very, uh, you know, um, archaic version of um, the... The helmet that he wears to track down mutants and uh, he's looking for uh, he's looking for Logan he's still looking for him because he knows that he's probably still around somewhere Uh, but now he discovers a 25 year old Laura played by Haley Steinfeld still within reach the movie is called the uncanny X-Men and it's directed by the Russo brothers Cop out, <laughs> cop out. Uh, listen, take how how. Name another group of directors that have been able to take this many this many people and all this sort of timey wimey stuff and actually pull it off. I think they're sure. the only ones that could. Sure, I think they're the only ones that could. Yeah,
2: that's, a good point. that's a
0: huge task.
1: Yeah.
2: So it's what do you, what did you guys think? I'm, I'm yeah, a little confused by things. I think, it's, I think things. it's cool. I'm a little confused by the timeline because they got yeah. dusted in the 60s, but then got they show up forward.
1: In 20, yeah. 20. yeah. Yeah.
0: Yeah. Be, but but here's the thing. it's The snap was only the sort of the, the cataclysmic event uh, that triggered, you know, basically where they ended up. But the actual timelines were affected, um, again, by Loki and, and all those people. So essentially, by the time they get snapped into existence in this new current time again it's it's a normal thing they're not you know uh, the mutant gene I I don't think they're ever going to call them mutants I think if they do want to separate themselves from the old x-men stuff they might go with just specialized human and they might stick with that because I know that's kind of what they call them already right so you know as, as soon as they're snapped into existence even if there were shifts and even if they've technically always been there but not to them um I, I don't know. I think they could do it. I think they could pull it off. <laughs> I think I think
2: one of this, the, the toughest things about starting to do multiverses and stuff is going yeah. to, to making it easy enough for the layman, the general just movie viewing fan to follow what the heck's going on. Right. Uh, because... I'm still confused, but <laughs> I like a lot of the elements from it. But I am still very much confused um, about how it all would, how it all would work and stuff. Right, because right. the snap well, wouldn't make them come from a different dimension, or would it? But <laughs> but the whole purpose of it was to cause the dusting, not crossing over through. T- so I just I find it very confusing. But maybe in two and a half hours of storytelling, you could make it a bit more palatable yeah yeah yeah
0: interesting but again
2: really like the cast and some very cool
0: elements for sure (laughs) yeah awesome justin let's go ahead and hear your version of x people
1: well yeah x people um (laughs) you know like after rewatching at least the first one um and and the second one those are probably like my two favorite x-men movies other than days of future past but like looking at the at the two trilogies as a whole like they've 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 done such a good job like i think outside of marvel mcu like um other studios handling properties x-men has been handled actually fairly well other than obviously x3 with a little bit of a slip up there and even wolverine origins uh to a certain degree
2: and apocalypse and dark phoenix
1: apocalypse was okay dark phoenix was bad yeah it was bad but um i i think apocalypse was it, it could have been, apocalypse could have been a lot better but um i think i think the reality is though is that they they they've it, a lot has already been done with these characters in the movie capacity which is why it should be a disney plus show uh a probably a ten part series that would f- introduce the x-men uh oh. in, a, in a new way um and but you would still have some heavy hitters as the cast now i, I haven't really formulated a a, a pitch or storyline that would go with it but i don't think a movie is the way that they should be introduced i think the best way to introduce them is to highlight individual characters in individual outside properties for example showing storm in wakanda right as like a teaser of some sort. Wow. Yeah. Uh, Having someone like Xavier show up in either uh, the multiverse where strange meets him or uh, somewhere in WandaVision. You could also have Magneto featured in that one as well. I think the proper way to start introducing the mutants into the MCU is to To kind of seed them into other properties to kind of hint at them leading to something more it doesn't justify or explain where they've been and i think that's going to be the tricky part for writers is to figure out how are they going to tell that story i think both of you've actually hit it with like tying in like the snap while also tying in like some sort of element of time which is kind of Mm -hmm. how i envision the show again story's not very full-fledged but i think that the idea is that it should be episodic and not a movie so I think that's the, the the core element to what I would get at. I would like to see someone like Jason Bateman. Uh, we've we've mentioned, you know, he's done Ozarks. He did The Outsiders. He has a very formulaic way of how he tells his stories and, mm-hmm. and what needs to be seen. I think him as a director and, and the way he uses the camera as well, like something a little, with a little bit more grit and a little bit more real would be really great for, for the X-Men because that's what I really appreciated cool. about at least the first one. Um, yeah. Is that it? Does the first movie felt like a pilot movie for you know? It, it didn't have the the dolled up Hollywood uh, sort of aesthetic to it.
0: Well, I think I think uh, to that point, like, and I know it's the darkest moment, but I think it's one of the the best moments of that movie is the very beginning with that with young Magneto. Yep. You know, really showing yeah. what he went through as a kid and and you know going through the, the whole situation with the Holocaust. Like, I think. To be able to take these dark themes that we've sort of seen in a light way and do them heavier, I love that. And I think, yeah, you're right, Jason Bateman would be dope at that.
1: So, yeah, I, I think those are, like, highlight things. Now, getting into the cast, um, I've, I've, I've picked a dream, dream cast. And, and in some characters, I it's really up to, like, if you go young or old. It does right. depend, right? Yeah. So, I in some cases, I have a character that there might be two people. It depends on how you take it right? Mm-hmm. Because each of these characters are usually represented differently, and they— who knows, you could have them both. Um, for Xavier, I went with Ewan McGregor.
0: <laughs> Hello the old
1: there! Old Obi one. <laughs> Good old Obi-Wan, I thought would be great. Um, That's fantastic. Now, his counter, you guys are going to love this one. His counter as Magneto, like his opposing, would be uh, Liam Neeson. Oh. <laughs>
0: That's kind of cool. You're just playing That's to a the cool fandom twist. here, bud. You're just you're you're literally <laughs> like so you have, what do, you have what do Marvel fans also like? Star Wars. I do like okay. I do like the
1: I do like the casting though that I've heard online with uh, Jason Isaac as being casted as a Magneto.
0: I could see that too.
1: I, I do imagine my story being focused on Phoenix, like the series, like the the series having a very heavy focus on Phoenix. And I did cast pretty typical for this. I chose Evan Rachel Wood. I think she would be great because I want to see her go to the Dark Phoenix side. I do think mm-hmm. that that's where I'd like the series to kind of lead into, like tell the proper story of how that power just cannot be contained. Um, Cyclops, cool. I chose Army Hammer. Ooh, um, nice. Army Hammer, I think would be would be great. He has the cockiness to him. You know, he has also the the the, the sort of you know, gusto of being like, right. You know what I mean? He, he could be that leader. Yeah.
2: If he, if he plays like a, like one of the Winklevoss twins for sure. Exactly.
1: Yeah. One of the Winklevoss yeah. twins for sure. That's how I, that's what was, that's who I was imagining. Um, for Mystique, Rooney Mara, for Mystique. Um, I think she would be she would be really really good it's funny I couldn't figure out like I, I wanted the, I, I did stick to the core characters that were in the first movie just because I thought they were essential this character was supposed to be in it but they they X'd him <laughs> no pun intended uh, <laughs> because of CGI and like makeup and stuff it would just cost so much and the studio did not want to put a lot of money behind the first x-men movie and that was beast so beast would be in my version. Now beast is one of those characters where you could either go old, or you could go go young. So yeah. if you went young, I would say Miles Tellier.
0: Yeah, hey, yeah, that's what we were talking about.
1: Yeah, right. I thought that was I thought that was a good one. Um, but if you go old, I was thinking Joel Edgerton.
0: Oh yeah, I actually had Joel Edgerton up there for uh for for like a saber tooth, but that's dude. I could totally see him as as beast as well. For sure, for sure. I, I would personally
1: sick. like if you did want to include another female villain. I did like Psylocke. I think she was interesting. She also ends up kind of becoming part of the X Men. So I, it would be cool to have someone where they we were introduced to them as a bad guy, and then maybe towards you know as we move into season two, they've you know starting to transition to becoming part of the you know Xavier's team. Uh, that That's would be cool. Psylocke, and I would honestly keep Olivia Munn as as that character because really it wasn't uh it she wasn't really fully realized now
0: uh, I, olivia munn the only thing I, i'm i would be worried is like i haven't seen her acting too much but how do you find her acting like do you think that she would have the chops to kind of especially st- you've got evan rachel wood you've got some of these other you know high-end actors could, in I, she can
1: hold her own i feel like check you know, it, she, check
0: check her out in um newsroom she's really good in that one okay okay didn't know
1: she was in that one interesting Cool. Um, I picked two people from, um, the, uh, Ozarks cast. The first for rogue, uh, was mm-hmm. actually Sophia, uh, Hublitz, which is actually Charlotte. She plays Charlotte. Uh, I thought oh. she looked more like rogue. Whereas I was thinking she, she could, she, if she dyed her hair black and she had the strand. Um,
0: yeah. Oh, I could she'd, see either of them. Yeah, yeah,
1: and she'd be young, right? Like I think Rogue would be the one that just joined the X Men. You know what I mean? Like she, it's she, yep. you still play off that story. And I, you know who that is, Kev? You know who that is, right? Yep. Okay. Cool.
2: Yeah, that's actually who I had uh, meant to put down as Rogue.
1: Oh, I thought you put down the other girl.
2: Uh, I did, yeah. I was completely off on that one. Yeah. Yeah, no. I got bad information on that one. Yeah, no, that's exactly who I meant for rogue, so that's funny.
0: Oh, yeah, because you said the daughter from Ozark, and I was like, Well, she she is a daughter. A uh, daughter, but yeah, no, yeah, no, I was totally <laughs> okay. wrong on
2: that one. Yeah. Okay, cool. I mean yeah. either
0: honestly, I think either one of them would be fantastic well, for that's it. it. No, I
2: think I think Hubblitz is way a way yeah, better than She choice has the look. Garner.
0: She has the look for yeah.
2: it and
1: she's young.
0: Exactly. She's exactly. Young, and That's
1: I think who that I thought. Has yeah. to be oh. young. Has to be super yeah. young as well because you know she'll she'll inevitably become more important. Um, for Toad, I picked uh, Charlie Tahan. Um, he is uh, he's also from Ozarks. He's actually um,
2: <laughs> well, he's like the he's the he's her cousin. That is um, awesome.
1: I thought he'd be cool. Again, another because because Quicksilver already exists. I was gonna throw Quicksilver in here, but then I re- and he would have been the cast. But I was like, oh no, wait. He's already existed yeah, in the Show. Quicksilver's so Gown. Gown. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So um yeah, Toad Toad would be in there as well, part of part of Magneto's crew. Um, I love and then for that. Sabretooth, I chose Alexander Ludwig. Uh he's a Canadian actor who stars in the Viking show that's on the history history channel,
0: I think. Oh yeah.
1: Right? Hair put a lot of hair on him, he's good to go.
0: You just get yeah, just get a bunch of hair. <laughs> actually, looking at him in the Vikings uh, thing, you just got to literally make his hair long, and <laughs> you've got it. Yeah. You got saber tooth. That's awesome.
1: Yeah, and then of course, you know, this all started with Storm. Uh, the casting for for Storm, I I don't mind Janelle Monet as as Storm. I think that's actually a really good. Like, it would be really great. She's young. She's she she would bring something fresh to that role. Um, yeah. but I also thought you know like Cynthia ervo would be pretty good as well uh um, oh, wow i thought she would be i thought she would be dope uh as well um, i'm looking
0: at her uh i'm looking at her oscars uh photos and she's got that <laughs> platinum white uh very short hair and i'm like and she just could do keep that. that she could just, just keep do that. that that's what i mean right? so like cool. she could
1: she could just keep that and, and it would really give a, a, a fresh new look to Storm, which I think could That's be very, really, so cool. very good. Uh, Wolverine, this one, you know, he's obviously very integral to, to the MCU, but I, I feel like he'd still be that lone wolf, that one that just doesn't want to join, right? But, he right. you know, he, he still wants to do what's right and what's good. And I had, you know, young and old. Taron Egerton, and uh, and then if you wanted to go old um, for the body shape, I think uh, Daniel Craig would be fantastic wow as, as, a as a wolverine as an older wolverine that is like...
2: a very old wolverine he's <laughs> older than hugh jackman
0: <laughs> <laughs> but like his i he do doesn't like look i like it. do
1: like the idea though of scott can potentially being uh wolverine i've been reading online <laughs> he'd be great he's,
2: he's such a little wiener
1: but he's like but i like the idea of like a stockier wolverine versus a tall like lean um like That's why Zach Efron actually would be pretty good because he is a little shorter.
0: Um, can he's, I, he's well, and you can make
2: tall. anybody as short as you want.
1: Sure,
0: sure. Can sure. I, well, can I interject really quick with my Wolverine? Would that be okay? Mm-hmm. So I I was like, oh, John Bernthal, but of course Punisher. Uh, so he's off the menu. But I really wanted, I think he's just, if he wasn't going to be Punisher, he, I think he'd be fantastic. But I thought, I was like thinking, and I wanted to match the look, and uh, Richard Armitage... From uh, the, I think the most recent thing, like The Hobbit. Do you guys know oh, who this okay. is? Yeah. Look this guy up. Yeah. I think he. Not only does he like kind of, maybe he looks. The problem is maybe he looks too much like Hugh Jackman. <laughs> but oh, yeah. he, uh, plays,
1: he plays the, one of the dwarves, right?
0: Yeah, dude. Yep. Right, and if he's already short in that, I would love to see like a, a shorter Canadian. Uh, yeah, I just want. I just want know? like
1: that traditional look to to Wolverine, right? Like, yeah, the like yellow suit. Sort of, no, I, I don't need the yellow no? suit. That, I, I just mean like that <laughs> stockier sort of like, you short. know, like shorter sort of. But he, Scott
2: Kane isn't short and stocky.
1: No, but he <laughs> has about a bit like a, he's short. He, he's definitely short, like especially mm-hmm. when you stand next to like Casey Affleck, like when they would stand next to each other, he always was shorter than him. Um but like you know i think if he if he you know if he was really committed to the role like most of these people that when they take on these superhero roles they get super committed and you know they cut like crazy and they work out and they become you know super committed to their their thing he could pull it off right and it would be an interesting sort of thing to take for for a character like that especially a character that's you know so is revered like who is going to replace Hugh Jackman right like right yeah you know what i mean like maybe you just go out of left field and you just you know choose a you know someone that's known but not incredibly well (laughs) Uh, down the road as my Disney Plus series would begin to (laughs) unfold uh, other people would show up and I would love to see these last three characters that I've casted Mr. Sinister we need a Mr. Sinister we need to see Mr. Sinister and and, and have him in this Uh, and that would be Eddie Remain Uh, he would look incredible (laughs) as as uh, Mr. Sinister Um, And then I'd like to have maybe an episode or a short part series of episodes with Cable and Bishop. And that would be featured with Brad Pitt and Jamie um, (laughs) Foxx.
0: So they've just got all the money, I guess, is what we're all trying to say.
1: (laughs) Well, again, I think, you know, Brad Pitt and Jamie Foxx would be dope as as a Cable and Bishop tag team sort of from the future. Yeah. sort of thing. So, you know, I didn't cast the 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 typical um uh like Senator Kelly would obviously be someone that would be very, you know, important to that striker as well. Um Right. I think those characters, you know, you could you can cast them, however, but in terms of like the core mutants that I was thinking of and people that I'd like to see, this is my cast. So,
0: I like it. Nice. That's yeah. really cool. Do you have directors lined up or
1: uh, Jason Bateman would be oh one right that Jason like Bateman is kind start. of the showrunner. I would be the sh- he would be the showrunner. I'd like to see him at least do like because he has a really good knack for building the tone. Like he did that with right. Ozarks He started like I think three or four episodes into Ozark. Same with Outsiders. I think he did like one or two with that one, and he really yeah. helped establish the tone. And then everyone just kind of followed suit after that. Um, and I think that would be his kind of setup. And I would trust him with his because I think he has his own like production company or he's part of a production company, but I think he, I would trust him to bring on the right talent um, who could be written by, you know, it'd be great if Lyndonoff wanted to come in and write this, but uh, you know, <laughs> uh, because I think, I think the other thing too, to kind of help tell the story of current and past would be some sort of like, you know, shift in time. Like I know I, I just got off the lost train, so I'm going to say it, it would be present and past sort of mentality. And with this idea of, of Xavier and his ability with his, 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 um, reading minds and seeing you know seeing things like you know him if they could play with some stuff like that where he's reliving moments you know what i mean and reliving Hmm. other people's moments in their past uh to understand them more because he's 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 diving into their subconscious and he's diving into their minds right because he ends up being very powerful and i think for even jean gray because she is such a integral character in terms of her power she is in many ways more powerful than than um um xavier uh you know unlocking that story in a real a real traditional way would be interesting
0: well guys i think like if they found a way to clear up my timeline stuff but i i think we could take a little bit of all three of our pitches and sort of pepper them together in, in different ways justin i love the idea of a tv show i mean we've we literally were just talking about the aspect of like how much more you can flesh out characters in a tv show uh as opposed to and it doesn't mean um, single movies
1: and by putting a t- putting them in a tv show doesn't mean that they wouldn't show up in Correct. some sort of avengers movie in some capacity or characters wouldn't show up it's just maybe a way now for them to tell their own story with this new platform rather than having to try to put out a, another x-men movie because they're like to, as we've talked about there's been they've been they've been done so many times right sure uh,
2: well that that would be my only concern with your pitch is that you went very familiar with the first one and the same Cast of characters and everything like that. I want them to avoid that like the plague.
1: Sure. Like, I want there to be
2: no similarities to any of those other movies.
1: But, I, I but I'm sure there won't be any if, – if the cast itself draws similarities, then I think then they should just tell a whole other story of X-Men that doesn't have Wolverine, Magneto, Xavier, no, and, I, and that well, sort of stuff. Well, you know no, I mean? you
2: want those characters. You need your familiar faces. I just right. don't want it to be with Senator Kelly and, and all sure. these things. But, I like, Senator that Kelly my doesn't my
1: need to be concern. a prominent sort of thing. Again, he could be just a figure that is hinted at, right? Again, it's, it's not about, like, every episode or they're involved in every episode. It's, like, there's other things that are in play – you know, there is a William Stryker out there. There is going to be that. But I think, like, again, just the core brotherhood and X-Men, really keeping it simple and very, you know, focused on on just that. And then, you know, taking it season two and, and more seasons where it, it would just evolve. Granted, obviously, if, if you do have a star-studded cast like this, you'll be paying lots of dollars.
0: Um But it's Disney, keeps- man. They got it. They don't even worry about it, man. Mm-hmm. And the fact, the idea of... There's they no way be. they're
2: buying Brad Pitt for a Disney Plus show. Oh, dude. Dude,
0: I'm telling you man, they can they could figure it out and It depends like, on how many roles. How many how, how many episodes to, he's in. Right, and to that point, like get him in the show and then use that as your catalyst to get him into the movie. Marvel does it right. DC can't do that. Marvel can. Well, see. Like and, and the other thing, uh, too well, is I like mean, the phenomenal. last
2: time the last time they launched four separate TV shows, they didn't get any of those
0: into any of their movies. With Netflix. Fair, right? but they you know, fair. this is Disney Plus. They own everything. They own everything. Fair. Just let fair. Disney own everything. <laughs> I would just be, con-
2: I would just be concerned with a real gritty tone because it wouldn't fit into the MCU. Sure, mm-hmm. that would yeah. be that would be. I'd be concerned about that. Cool. Yeah. Because I mean, cool. we've seen directors have issues trying to put too much of their own stamp on something and it not fitting into the the grand scheme. You know what I mean? So, yeah. I, if it was yeah, a standalone I think, I think project, they'll... I think that would be very cool. I just yeah. can't see that. Something like that ever fitting into the yeah, MCU. I, I,
1: you know what I? And honestly, I I don't think though, like if we're gonna be real about actually recasting it, uh, you know, as as great as it would be for any of us, any of our our great people that we've listed here, you know, what I mean, it's probably gonna be a majority of nobodies for yeah. for a majority of the roles other than probably like your Xavier and and your Magneto and potentially your Wolverine, right? Like, right, I think it's yeah. going to be some fairly, you know, unknown people that are going to put their own stamp on these characters and not be tied to uh, potentially, uh, you know, like the existing. I mean, I mean, yes
2: and no, I could see for sure. It's not like it's not like the MCU people were nobodies, right? Like, no, sure. Paul Rudd was well known yep. and. Even to a lesser extent in the same movie, you know, you have Michael Douglas and Michelle Pfeiffer and like they're known for bringing in people who aren't just absolute nobodies and in a lot of roles. And so I think it'll definitely be a blend of people, you know, and people you don't for sure.
1: Yeah. I also think, though, that like to your point, Kevin, explaining how where have they been? Right. Like that's going to be the real challenge is to understand, like, do you connect it back to something like the snap? Um, or is it something that you know they've they've always been in the shadows and and dealing right. with it, right? Because like when X Men One story picks up the government is catching on to this ongoing mutant issue in their, in their society. Right. Which is why that's the point of where, because before that no one really knew about it, but people just kind of, kind of were, were like, Oh, there's something off about this person. Right. But now there was like a definitive definition and a, and a Senator and a government person that was at the forefront of it. Right. Like, you know, I I
2: just wonder how like Hydra and, Shield missed these mutants when they've basically been on the hunt for superheroes since the forties. Which,
0: which is why I think it, it would be the only way they could go would be alternate universe and find a way to tie that in. I mean, again, the snap was only you know the aspect of all five of the stones uh, or six of the stones, um, but you know there was there there was a stone and it's it's the one that Loki uses to to travel throughout you know different time zones and potentially. Different dimensions. Right. Like, again, they they have the ability to sort of massage these powers in a way that would work to kind of bring these characters in and just say, well, because of this, this and this, they've always been here. You know, we don't have to see them
1: again. It's it's a head scratcher for whoever's going to pick up the pen and start writing um, that outline because that that is going to be a tricky thing.
0: But, Justin, that is why we did the hard work for them. So, Disney, Marvel, if you are listening, listen, we've already got all your stories written. We've got all your movies casted. Just do what we say, all right? Uh, But, guys, this was a fantastic tots. I had a lot of fun chatting with about it. We could talk about the X-Men for a million years because it's such a diverse, massive cast of characters. All right. So, uh, before we we kind of move into our wrap-up, though, uh, Kevin, you're going to be hosting next week. What do uh, what do our geek-centric uh, peeps need to to be tuning into what are they what do they need to be excited about
2: well I know I can be quite the negative Nancy and and uh, no and, really? I, and, and, and a little bit what? opinionated uh, not I, at all and I, I, I will admit though I do find myself struggling more and more to walk on eggshells as so as to not uh, upset anybody if I disagree <laughs> with their uh, thoughts or opinions so mm-hmm. I thought to avoid that altogether, I'm going to pit you two against each other uh, in our one matchup of movie combat that uh, we haven't quite got to yet. So, and uh, I'm going to keep it a secret for the audience until we get there next week. But yes, you will hear Justin and Nate, uh, who will have
0: ample time to prepare, square off. So this might be the friendliest movie combat we've had so far. (laughs) (laughs) It's just going to be a lot of me apologizing and crying and Justin just sort of being really quiet. (laughs) there we About go. There but we go. Uh, no dude I'm I'm stoked Justin I don't think we've done a movie combat yet have we no 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 you and we me have not.
2: Nope. this is our one matchup that we haven't
0: done yet so Justin. It's, it's, it's damn time very cool all I'm going to say Justin is make sure you have notes because I will uh, alright well <laughs> <laughs> um, Justin was there anything for uh, that you wanted to plug going on on the YouTube channel maybe that people can look forward to
1: uh, yeah we're working on a video that uh, we're going to be posting uh, sometime this coming week um, yeah it is actually a gift that has been sent to us uh, from Ooh. a fellow toy company. So, Very cool. Uh, yeah, it's going to be on the channel probably before next Friday um, at some point. So, yeah, it's just been such a busy week trying to get everything And
2: right. then I promise there's a Kev
0: at Home coming soon. I swear. I swear. Oh, yeah. There's one of those <laughs> too, yeah. <laughs> I'm looking forward to more Kev at Home. That, that jingle is just phenomenal. Um, yeah, and guys, as for me, uh, Nate plays games, believe it or not. We are now over fifty followers on Twitch, oh. which is amazing. Hey, that's awesome. So yeah, so we've almost reached uh, our all of the goals that are necessary for me to become an affiliate, which means that people can soon uh, actually subscribe to me, um, and I can start you know actually growing the channel. And you know I I'm not planning on making any money with it, but that's a side effect of you know a certain number of of subs as well. And if you have Amazon Prime. Um, and you, you haven't used it yet, you actually get gifted every month a free sub. Um, you ha- do have to go in and, and resub each month, which is really annoying. But if you have Amazon Prime, it's free. Instead of wasting that and, and not giving anybody your sub, give it to me. Uh, I'd really appreciate it because coming up this Tuesday, the 21st, I don't know if you were listening to this before or after, but Ghost of Tsushima... is released tomorrow as of this recording. I will be streaming it on the 21st. I'm so excited. It's a good time to be a gamer. And uh, (laughs) you can follow along over at NatePlaysGames, twitch.tv slash NatePlaysGames. All right. Well, that is it for us here at Geekcentric. We hope that you enjoyed this week's um, muscle-filled miraculous marvel of an episode um, and if you did feel free to subscribe to us wherever you like to listen to podcasts we are geek centric and you can be too uh, which means you can check us out on YouTube at youtube.com slash follow us on Twitter at GeekcentricYT, YT and follow us on Instagram please follow us over there on the Instagram we're gonna get more stuff on that Instagram uh, at, which is at we are um, we also have an Instagram for our Nate Plays Games channel which is nate.playsgames if you want to check that out as well. Um, I'm actually posting things there, starting to or trying to. Um, so check out some of the, the gaming stuff that I got going on over there. Um, Justin, Kevin, thank you so much for joining me for this uh, this marvelous episode. And as we say... Hey, bud, uncanny oh, job, pal. Uncanny job. Uncanny job. Jo- oh, there we go. Excelsior. <laughs> I, I'm trying... I'm, listen, I, we're at the end of this podcast. Uh, so as we say... Love ya. Uh, Stay home safe or wear a mask. (laughs) Peace. (laughs) I like it.